Welcome to the Childhood Cancer Hall of Champions podcast. Our mission is different. We're not about numbers, cures, donations, or research initiatives. We want to dedicate our platform, childhoodcancerhall.com, and this podcast to children age 0 to 21 and their families who are affected by childhood cancer. We want to share their stories, celebrate their lives, and create a community and support network that's forever free for these families. Whether you're a child, sibling, family member, friend, or someone who wants to learn more about the subject, you are welcome here. It's a safe place where we can lift each other up, educate the public, find new language, and let the stories live on. Let the families not be defined by cancer. These are their stories, legacies, and living memorials. You are listening to the Childhood Cancer Hall of Champions podcast. This is your host, Fei Wu. And this is my first conversation with a childhood cancer champion, and his name is Joshua Ribeiro. He just turned 14 in September 2020. In his words, I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia on October 19th, 2018. I spent almost a month in the hospital. The cancer was attacking my liver, so they had to heal it before I could start chemo. I was so scared when I found out that something told me I was going to be okay. During his treatment at the hospital, his mom stayed with him day and night while his dad worked. At the same time, he told me that he met many of his best friends. He was chosen later for a Boy of the Year for the Leukemia Lymphoma Foundation. It felt like a dream, he told me. He has also helped raise money for the Childhood Cancer Society. So Josh is very thankful for all the support in foundations that help children who have cancer like him. One day he told me he wants to start a podcast about his story and at the same time help and encourage other kids to go through cancer. He says he's a chatterbox and gets lost in conversations really, really easily. This was such a sweet conversation. Our founder, Michael Velasquez, and content manager, Anna Freeberg, both agree that Josh could probably have recorded this entire conversation on his own. But I'm so grateful for this connection. As a woman in my 30s, I was able to learn so much more from this 14-year-old. Thank you, Josh, and Josh's mom, Nerissa, for being so supportive of this podcast. If you want to learn more about our project, please visit childhoodcancerhall.com, where we encourage you to share your story as a child, a parent, a family member, and a friend, because we believe that every story matters. To join us or nominate someone to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us at childhoodcancerhall at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, please welcome Josh Ribeiro to the Childhood Cancer Hall of Champions podcast. remember when I was your age, I, I really enjoyed talking to people who are um, older than I am, just knew more, lived, you know, for a longer life. It's like, wow, that's so amazing. Like, I look forward to these things. I can imagine them. And the so, wisdom, the wisdom that we get from it. Yeah. So what, what makes you um, excited about talking to different people? Like your mom said, one year old and 80 year old, what do you learn from them? 
it's it's just hearing not only hearing the crazy things they have to say it's just like it's kind of getting it's, it's like they say going into someone else's shoes mm-hmm. that's exactly what it's like because I will just sit there and I will listen and I'll hear the stories and I it's just all the different things that they tell me and then like the younger people I talk to they'll show me like a toy or something and they'll tell me that like this is a very special toy this is this 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 that it's I got a very special meaning behind it and I'm like it's kind of just I love knowing different stories and hearing different stories because then because I want to be a babysitter really bad so listening to the younger audiences is preparing me for that and I'm really patient with kids like I absolutely love kids and then the older people I just because I have such an old soul I feel like I can relate to them with a lot of things. Mm, so give me an example. You're talking to a, I don't know, 40-year-old, 60-year-old. What what do you find relatable? I find like when they talk about they've been through a lot of hardships and life is like, it gets super difficult and it gets stressful. And there's a lot of ups and downs that they go through. And obviously me having cancer, I, I understand all of that. I understand going through those hardships, going through those ups and downs, those hard times, those times where you didn't even want to get out of bed. You just don't want to socialize with anyone. Mm. Wow, and I'm bleeding in. <laughs> it's, it's just insane. The amount that I can relate to them is astonishing. It, it sounds like it feels good to you, doesn't it, to be able to relate? It does because it not only lets me understand more about the person it's also letting that person get those things off their chest and they're able to talk to someone and because sometimes you don't really have someone to talk to you don't have someone you want to pour out your feelings to you want to keep them bottled up inside so when I'm able to talk to someone and let them just express themselves it's it's absolutely wonderful wow and speaking of expressing yourself, I did not expect you to have such a professional setup like this with a <laughs> pop fill. I mean, you are the first, well, you're the first guest who isn't, let's say, a broadcaster or a podcaster to show up with a microphone, a, a pop filter and a and an arm like this. Um, so you do a lot of interviews, Josh, or do you sing or produce something on your own? So I'm currently trying to start up a, a gaming channel and a podcast through Twitch because it's just a way for me to express myself on a on a platform that multiple people use. Again, aging from very young to very old, they all use the same platform. And I have Discord and stuff, and I would love to like use Discord on the side and maybe when I'm doing a podcast, have someone on Discord and try to invite them. And then we can have like this, a Zoom meeting, and I can record it and then I can post it. and it all just goes uphill from there. Wow. That's a, that's a spirit. That's the way to go. I mean, I, like you said, I wish when I was 14, Twitch or YouTube, all these channels that would exist, I would have such a blast, but they were nowhere to be found. So, you know, I have my own broadcasting system <laughs> in my bedroom, inviting friends over. I'm an only child. So I really didn't have a built-in audience, as you know. So yeah, uh, this sounds wonderful. What will your podcast be about? Um, so what I really want it to be about is 
I love spreading awareness towards different things. And you hear every day about these terrible things that are going on in the world. And I would just love to shine a light on those things and try to try to get people to truly understand that we might not be in their shoes. We may not understand what they're going through, but they truly are going through a hard time. Just like with cancer, I want to, I want to try and do my best to raise awareness towards it because there's only 4% funding going towards childhood cancer, but there's a lot more funding going towards adult cancer. And statistically speaking, there's 48 children in the U.S. that get diagnosed with cancer. And if it's so rare, then why is there 48 kids getting diagnosed a day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about these 48 different families? Um, That have to struggle with, am I going to, is my kid going to be here to see another day? Is my kid going to be okay? Is everything going to be okay? How much is the treatment? Is this just your head spirals? And there's so many questions being asked that you don't really get that chance to sit back and take a breather and relax. Mm. And there's a lot you're processing right now. And sometimes, you know, one thing I learned from Dr. BJ Miller is he, one thing he said, he said a lot of things to me in that one hour and my team, you know, our founder, Michael Velasquez and, um, you know, our content creator, Anna uh, Freeberg, and he reminded me that that do not understand underestimate children because they can process a lot, oftentimes more than the adults can. So, and it's incredible for me to hear you say those words because I wasn't sure if I could say that. I wasn't even sure if like do children have the capacity to process that to understand that. Like, you seem to be able to process a lot of that. So I'm here to learn. Yeah, I've I've, I've been through a lot of stuff and through going through cancer I've heard so many different stories and I've heard so of so many different diagnoses I've heard of so many different types of cancer and I've I've been with those kids who are going through that and I love to when COVID wasn't a thing I would always go to the hospital and I would go visit the floor and I would always go brighten up the kids days and I remember one day my sister came and she brought a whole bunch of toys and put them out on a table. And we invited everyone from all of their rooms to come pick something. And just the smile and the sheer joy on their faces made my day. Like that was the best part. Even though I was hooked up to an IV pole, I was getting so many different types of chemo. That honestly just brightened my whole entire day. And I, it was amazing to see how just something so simple can make a kid's life so amazing. Yeah. And I just, your sister sounds so sweet to be there, to do this with you. And, you know, part of our platform at Childhood Cancer Hall of Champions is about sharing these stories. So I'm so glad that you're able to do that. And um, I'm looking at your mom that if there's any stories that if Josh's sister wants to share and write, we'll very much welcome that because we know that this is a this is a family affair, right? This is something that doesn't impact it one person. Like to talk. Yeah. yeah, and it, it's definitely um, a family affair. And Josh, so we he has six sisters. Um, yes, I'm the only boy, and I'm the youngest, so it's like wow. Ah. 
Yes. <laughs> and it, it, it does affect the whole family, right? Um, especially he does have a sister that's nine months older than him and she's a softball player and she, she's been very strong through all this, but you tend to realize as you're going through treatment and Josh is doing better and we're not in the hospital, all the things that we truly missed that we weren't able to be there for her the softball games, cheering her name, clapping for her, participating. And she has been so strong and so supportive. And then he has one sister who really stands out and he's very close to. She's my she's, agent. Yep, she's your agent. She's my agent. She <laughs> um, is. I actually, I was on an interview a couple of days ago and I was talking about wanting to do a whole bunch of this stuff. And everyone was like, Seeing your sister there, I feel like she should be your agent. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, she can be my agent. I just got to figure out paychecks, how I'm going to make this money. <laughs> how old is she? 16? No, she's 22. Oh, okay. She has been there through everything from wow. the beginning, sleeping at the hospital with me for the first 30 days, um, going to treatments with him, showing up to the hospital so he could visit other children. So wow. I, I just call her my rock. Like she's my serenity. Because at the end of the day, you know, that's all we have is family, right? So we need that. And she's a very important role in our lives. When my sister would come visit, she would, we would grab a wheelchair and she would come grab me and she'd be like, we're getting on a small little getaway. I'm like, as long as we're not getting in trouble, let's go. (laughs) So we'd go ride all around the hospital and we'd go visit people and say hi and it, it was crazy because I still had to ma- wear a mask then. Mm-hmm. And now that we're wearing masks, I feel like all the people are like, oh, masks are so hard to wear. I'm just sitting here wearing the mask. I'm like, what? I've been wearing this ever since the beginning. <laughs> yeah, why is it hard? Hello? <laughs> yeah, well, you're going through is much harder than wearing a mask. And it's in, doesn't it sometimes put things in perspective for you? How, Josh, how does it make you feel when people say, oh, this is so hard? Oh, filling out a report is so hard. I don't like drinking black coffee. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how does that feel to you? It's just like, I feel like them saying it's so hard. It's so hard. I'm just sitting here and I'm looking and I'm like, um, <laughs> hardship. I'm going through a hardship right now. And just for them to like dislike and worry about such the li- such small little things is just insane. It's like, shouldn't we be worrying about the bigger picture rather than the small little things in life? Because we could be here one day and the next day we could not. We could have a family member that passes in a car crash or something. We need to worry about them rather than worrying about such little things like, oh, masks are so hard to wear. Masks are protecting us. They're not only protecting you, but they're protecting the people around you. And they're protecting your family. They're keeping you and your family safe. They're making sure that you and your family are okay, that they're not going to get this and that everything is just kind of going to be okay if you continue the protocol. Mm. How sweet of you. How how much self-awareness that you possess right there. You know, you look around, kids are 
Um, you're 14. I know when you wrote the article, I was like, oh, I got to confirm 13. 14. You turned 14 recently, didn't you? John? Uh, yeah. September 18th was my 14th birthday. Ooh, I mean, look at that. Look at that. I would literally remember reading 13 in that blog post. And then now, wow. So self-awareness and big picture. What's a, what's a big picture for you these days, Josh? And I know that might change from day to day, right? So I feel like the big picture right now is, is spreading awareness and everyone, I feel like everyone just needs to have that one day to themselves where they have a self-care day and self-awareness. And because you look around and you see everybody's so stressed with everything that's going on in the world. We're having a pandemic and everybody's freaking out. They're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And the big picture is that we all need to take a step back and take a breather and realize that we're only humans. We can only do so much if we work together. We are a community. We aren't a separated force. We are, it's, I mean, it says in the Declaration of Independence, we the people. It's we, it's not I, it's not them. It's, we're all together in this. So whatever we do for our part, it's not only playing a role for us, it's playing a role for everybody. Mm. Wow, I got to have a question for Nerissa, too. <laughs> uh, how? <laughs> We're sitting here. I feel like I'm I'm learning. I'm listening intently. Uh, Nerissa, like, when, when does this begin of Josh, like, feeling and being able to process things in this way? I'm just curious. Did he start when he's, like, eight or something? <laughs> uh, I know, right? So, um I don't know, from the day he was in the hospital and I remember like it was yesterday, I was freaking out when the doctor told me he had cancer. Um, I, I just freaked and I was like, no way, there's no way. Um, I went in the room, my husband stormed out. He went to go call family and I went in the room and me and Josh are very close. So um, I saw straight through he, like he, a window. He's seen in my eyes, something was wrong. He's like, mom, what's wrong? Mom, what's wrong? And I, I just told him, I'm like, buddy, you have cancer. And I think from that day on, like, that's where it started. Mm -hmm. He didn't cry. He didn't freak out. He's just like, mom, I'm going to beat this. Like, I'm going to live. I'm going to survive. I am going to be <clears throat> that five. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm starting to tear up. Like, I'm going to be that percent that's going to beat this. And I'm going to teach everybody about my journey. So he's been like that since diagnosis. And that was um, 10, 19, 18, 10, 19, 18. I know it's yeah. kind of a, it's coming up. I was reading the first diagnosis in October, 2018. Yes. And, and we, we do have some anxiety coming up. So um, Tuesday we go to the doctors and mm -hmm. in the U.S. the protocol. No, hold on, now, hold on. She's got the anxiety. Okay, on I have this. Anxiety. <laughs> I'm completely he's, he's okay. Completely okay. <laughs> but um, we have the opportunity to stop treatment a year early for Josh. So um, the children's oncology group has made a decision that boys only have to have treatment for two and a half years now instead of three and a half years. Wow. So we are going to meet with his oncologist, our favorite doctor, Dr. K, and we're going to discuss on Tuesday whether we're going to stop treatment a year early. Wow. And then on the 19th, it's actually going to be his two years. So instead of him 
and in treatment in February of 2022, it'll be February of 2021. That's pretty close. That's very, very close. Look at that smile. And yeah, you know, I, you know, I thought, Josh, I thought I would be very, very emotional, but for some reason, just look at your face, like makes me just smile. I really just, I'm thinking about all the happy, I might get emotional later on. I can't promise you anything, but I just feel (laughs) really happy talking to you. I really do. I'm honestly, I feel like I always have to be a very positive person. I tend to, even if I'm going through my lowest times, if so, I understand that somebody out there is going through something so much worse. And for me to make such a big deal of like, one day I'll feel nauseous and I don't want to make a big deal about it because there's other people out there who aren't just nauseous. They're going through these really terrible times. And I just, I don't know. I feel like I got to be there for everybody, even though I can't, I feel like I have to be there for everybody. I have to be everyone's rock. I have to be everyone's support. Mm, Wow. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we want to give back to you as well, right? Cause you're giving that energy out. You're sharing some of so much of your positivity, your joy, your, your wisdom, like you're doing with me. And, you know, we, I think at some point it could also be a two way street. And I know you, you feel like you said, oh, when I give out the toys, okay, it's your time, your money, but that joy of little kids picking up your toy that gives you is a very reciprocal, um, you feel that back at you, but I think sometimes it's also okay to, to feel like, you know, today maybe is not my best day and I'm gonna, you know, something I learned to forgive myself to say, well, I, I wish I could be super productive. I'm, I wish I don't feel tired right now, but sometimes I do. And, um, you know, do, do you ever give yourself a pass to say, you know, yeah, let me just chill. I do. Some okay. days I will, I will give myself a pass. If I'm feeling super, super, like just completely done, I'll just be like, all right, mm-hmm. peace out. I'm going to my room, going to take a nap. If you get, if you need me to sleep <laughs> in, you can just, you know, knock, knock. And maybe I'll wake up. If I don't, it's because I'm in a deep sleep. Now just leave me alone. <laughs> That's lovely. Um, you know, I, I think... You speaking of the treatments and, you know, I, you know, my dad had cancer and I over about 10 years ago and I did lose him. Um, it, but over the past 10 years, I feel like, you know, I was able to connect with so many people. So many people called me because they felt like I would understand better what they're going through and things like that. And um, so uh, I, I think it's just so incredible. Is it okay to talk about like what the treatment is like, like how often you you have to go to the hospital a week? Of course, of course. Mm -hmm. So currently I am in maintenance. So, and I'm in a part of a block where I only have to go for chemo every once a month. And it's usually just a spinal. I just get put to sleep. They inject some chemo into my spinal fluid just to make sure that the cancer cells stay away. And really, I usually get super, super sick after it really doesn't hit me for the first half an hour of that day I get the chemo. And once I get that chemo, I get super, super sick for, it can last anywhere from three days to like a week. I can feel sick, tired, groggy, not being able to walk, just in sheer pain. And then I also take oral chemo at home, which I feel like 
it really doesn't affect me because I take so many pills. It's or used to take so many pills. It's kind of just like, eh, gotta take pills. All right, let me just take them. And even <laughs> my parents are always surprised because the first day I had to take pills in the hospital, I just took them and was completely fine. They're like, how do you even know how to take pills? You've never took pills before. I'm like, I don't know. Something just hit me and told me this is how you take pills. So that was that was kind of something. And then I really rarely have to go get um, Vin Kristen, which is another chemo. I get that also once a month. And it's really kind of just an easy ride from there. I just, I get the breaks. I get to kind of have the days as I watch them fly by and just count down until I get chemo. And then I, once I know I'm getting chemo, and I'm like, all right, it's another month from now. Now I get a whole resting period. <laughs> wow. Wow. Isn't that something that, um, you know, like, I, I wonder, you something occurred to me that when your mom said, I'm a little nervous and you said, hey, I'm not nervous. Uh, I was wondering, like, why, why doesn't this hit you? Why aren't you worried about Tuesday next week? Um, you're... I feel like I'm not really worried because I've done it so many times. I've been Why through it so many times. And I'm not worried about making the changes because it, there's this little voice in the back of my head. And people think I'm crazy when I say this, but I always feel like it's just saying, hey, you're going to be okay. This is this going to be fine. Every Everybody around you might be super stressed out, but you can't stress the little things. You you're going through something so tough and so terrible that if you stress the little things, then you're going to stress everything because the little things then become something bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. So I really just feel like we're going to talk to the doctor. We're going to talk about if I can stop a year early, we're going to talk about if anything changes, like, is it going to increase me possibly getting diagnosed again is it ain't gonna increase anything and then after that it's it's really just done it's decision speaking of decision making process i am so i'm so proud of you you know talking to you makes me feel like i should have met josh like two to four years ago <laughs> i I wish, you know, you guys live close to me. I'm in Boston, which is something I haven't really announced. I've been podcasting. Like, for, you're from Rhode Island? Uh, Boston. Boston. Oh. Boston. Well, and we're from Rhode Island. So we love I, it up there. I didn't know that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful out there. And I, you know, it, because for us, it's only 45 minute drive. And sometimes to escape from like, I know, Boston isn't considered a big, big city, but a relatively big city. And to go to Rhode Island, especially the Providence area, go to RISD. And I love crafty, artsy things, <laughs> um, you know, not like manuf manufactured at Target or something. It's just like little boutique stores. I can yes. spend all day there talking to people, talking to the artists. Um, yeah, sorry for sidetracking there for a second. Oh, you're all good. I'm, I'm the same way. I would, yeah. I love going to like any little art store. And I will spark up a conversation with a completely random stranger. And we'll just spark up a conversation between something so random. Like, I remember when I don't collect Funko Pops anymore because they're getting a little out of hand. So, <laughs> but when I used to, I remember there was this, 
there's this one guy and he, we were both looking at the same thing and he I kind of just sparked up conversation and I'm like uh so do you like this genre and he's like yeah and then I remember he told me about this place where it's kind of it's like a little convention and you go there and you can sell your Funko Pops you can buy Funko Pops and I don't know I can just spark up a conversation with any person just completely randomly you are made to be a podcaster and content creator. I can't, seriously, can't wait to check out your channel. And, you know, with mom's permission later on, when we create and edit this together, we can actually include a handle, maybe your username or something um, with our audience. And most people listening to the show will most likely be, you know, parents and families and kids. So be very, very friendly. Um, you know, as I mentioned very briefly, but uh, even though this is a new podcast that Michael, Anna, and I are creating, I actually have been podcasting for six years, also started uh, in October 2014. Oh, right? wow. Our, like, different anniversaries all kind of lining up here. Um, and uh, it feels really special. And I started a YouTube channel last year connecting with uh, a really large number of audience all around the world. It's just incredible. I see people running from the Netherlands, from the Philippines. Oh, I love it. And I can only imagine children now who want to connect with you, your family, going to come from all around the world. And they're not just going to be Rhode Island, Boston, or Florida, you know, so it's going to be all around. So as part of my mission, my podcast is about unsung heroes, self-made artists, and, and now moving into sort of creative entrepreneurs. But one thing I always want to talk about are, you know, people living, going through hardships like you talked about, uh, living different lives. We all live in different lives compared to each other. Uh, mm -hmm. Most recently, I talked to um, Dr. BJ Miller, also Rebecca Tosic, who is also a childhood cancer survivor. She's my age now and writing books and working as a professor and talking we, together. We talk about disabilities and um, it's incredible. So I would love to invite you to talk about you know, how people should or, or should consider reacting to you, to the situation you're going through with, with care, but also with respect, um, not alienating anybody. So I remember when I first lost my hair and I was in a wheelchair for a little bit. And I remember me and my mom went to a grocery store one day and everybody was staring at me. And I felt I was just kind of just scary because I wanted to just be left alone, like looked at like a normal person. And I just feel like one super respectful thing it, for people with cancer is if we don't really like if you stare at us like for so long, like I understand if you glance over and you're curious and stuff, but it's just even like little kids. I, I remember there's these two little kids and they... <laughs> <laughs> this little kid runs up to me and he goes, excuse me? I'm like, yeah. He goes, are you a boy or a girl? Because I had no hair. And I'm like, I'm a boy. And his mom comes over and goes, I am so sorry. I'm like, it's okay. They're just curious. I mean, I, if I was his age, I'd be curious too. Yeah. And I just, I just, I don't know. It just really stresses me out sometimes when I, I still get stared at sometimes because my hair, obviously, is growing back in just, just barely, but it's still there. And it's still just, I get some stares every now and then. But a, a lot of people, they truly do understand. But 
when you're newly diagnosed with something and you're getting stared at constantly, you feel like this the black mist that like just completely confines your body and you you kind of just freeze and you're like, I don't, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to be in this situation. And we can't really have those feelings because we really need to think about each other as a whole. Like if you have to think about what if you were in that person's footsteps, would you like, would you like to be stared at constantly? Would you like this? Would you like that? And like I was saying, if you glance over, I mean, that's fine. You just, you're kind of curious, but the long stares to newly diagnosed people that it's kind of like a sign of like disrespect is what it feels like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, no, this is very, very interesting. And I agree with you being stared at is no fun. Um, I mentioned this briefly in, in one of my episodes that I've, you know, I traveled to San Francisco, Boston, where New York, where, you know, being Asian and, and coming from growing up in Beijing, China. So I'm not, I wasn't really born and raised in this country and nobody ever stared because in Boston, New York, in Rhode Island, I mean, they're just Asian people are everywhere. And I yeah. get that they're Asian markets. And I've been to places where I, not only people are staring at me, this happened recently, actually, and they're staring at my mom. We're not very big people. We're, you know, 5'4", 120 pounds for the record. And it just, it was um, very uncomfortable. And I remember talking to my friend Gustavo and, you know, who has, you know, a certain PFFD is the disability, but, you know, he mentioned this to me and I was like, wow, I, w- I want to know what it feels like. And sure enough, like a week later, this happened to me. I actually felt a little scared too, especially as a woman being stared at by a big, you know, Caucasian male, like all the way through the the parking lot. And I felt really defensive, um, you know, and, and then for you, I think going back to your story, what can people react to you? Like, what are some of the questions that they can ask, uh, you know, at a party, at a setting of a party, you're meeting people for the first time? Because the to me, the short answer is simple. Talk to people like, you know, just like how you normally have a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, you can edge into like, and then I feel like you should have that normal conversation. Like if, if I'm at a party, well, I'm 14. So I not really go to parties much, but that'll happen in the next couple of years. But <laughs> off topic, but I feel like when you're at a party or you're at any type of setting, you should ease into a normal conversation. And then I kind of just open up and then I'll be like, I kind of just talked about it. I'm like, yeah, I have cancer. Um, I'm, I'm 14. I'm a survivor. And I don't know. I feel like that's the exact way to do it is just kind of have that normal conversation and don't look at somebody like they're an alien from another planet. Just kind of, talk to them normally then if they feel open to talk about it or maybe if you see them like smiling and stuff you can kind of ease into it a little bit and be like hey um I was I was seeing you have you're in a wheelchair or you're in crutches like you're bald like what happened and a lot of the times a lot of people will be open to talk about it because we feel reassured that people aren't scared of us because I remember going back to school and everyone was telling me or 
and starting rumors around school, like, hey, don't go near Joshua. Don't go touch him. You'll get cancer. And I remember just telling everyone, I'm like, no, it's not contagious. It's nothing. And then there was this girl who literally came up to me in front of this crowd of people and hugged me and goes, am I going to get cancer? No, it's not contagious. It's, it's nothing. And, and a lot of, I have two friends who go to the same school as me and they, they both have the same, had or still have the same exact cancer as me. And it's just, it's kind of like we're, we're a little family. Once you get diagnosed with something, you are invited into the family and you are in that family forever. Mm, wow. Oh, it warms my heart so much. And so sorry you have to go through that because cancer has never been contagious. I mean, this is common sense. And yeah, I mean, it is, but a lot of kids, they're still young. They're still, they still don't know what it is. They're, they're still in their gossipy stage where they just want to start drama, yada, yada, yada. And I'm not that type of person that is just going to be like, hey, don't be doing that. Like, I'm like, I'm just really chill and laid back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, so when I first went back to school, um, my child life specialist, she came into school and I was in, I was in sixth grade and I was in piano class. So, I mean, I was with a lot of people. So she came in and we're in the front of the stage and I instantly started having a little bit of anxiety attack. I'm like, everyone is staring at me. I'm the center of attention. I'm usually the different center of attention than this. Mm -hmm. But after we started talking, it was kind of fine. Like she brought what a port looks like. And she explained that I have it in my chest and that it's connected to my lung and my heart. And that if it gets hit, I would have to go to the hospital immediately. And it was really crazy because a lot of the kids would ask one frequent question I get asked that I'm just like super not annoyed with, but it kind of like makes me a little mad when people ask is does cancer hurt? I'm like, are you talking physically, mentally? I mean, it's physically and mentally draining, but I mean, there's parts where it does hurt, but I don't know. It's crazy. And I, I remember there was this one girl who asked me, she goes, I've been praying for you every single night. Has it been helping? Has it been working? And I I didn't even know what to say. I was just in total shock. And I was like, yeah, it, it, it has been helping because I knew I was going to be okay. And I knew I was going through this and everything was going to be okay. So I knew just the prayers and everything. It was kind of just building me up and getting me ready for anything that really could come my way. Wow. And for someone to share that with you, maybe there are people who are thinking of you, praying for you, whether they're religious or spiritual or otherwise, like they might not even, you might not even know that. Right. And I think what's so powerful about sharing stories is we are learning because, you know, for us adults creating a website an initiative like this, where, you know, we've been questioned all the time. It's like, really? Why, you know, you focus on childhood cancer. Like you said, Josh, it's 4%. Will people actually going to care? And we're thinking, no, we don't, we don't care what other people think. We are doing this for the 4% of the children and family. That is much more meaningful than you can possibly imagine. 
And, you know, and there's the, like you said, there's building, building up a community. We never thought we could, we never and thought anybody would come. I've lost so many friends going through this and I just, it honestly hit me so hard because I'm the type of person when I first hear it, it doesn't really hit me till the next couple of days. And then I really get like just completely emotional. And I still think about those friends till this day and I still get emotional talking about them and thinking about them. And there's this little boy, his name is Jackson bless his heart and bless his family. He has DIPG, which is a type of cancer. They can, they can only stabilize and they can only make it to where they can live a little longer, but it's a type of cancer that's incurable. And there's, I feel like if we had more funding going towards it, maybe we would be able to find a cure for DIPG. Maybe those families that hear that, hey, your son, your daughter, someone in your family is diagnosed with DIPG. You hate to hear that because then there's that, how long are they going to live? How long do they have? How is, are they going to be okay? What, are, what can I expect? And it's, it's terrifying, honestly. And I, I still think about till this day, like I, I couldn't imagine that little boy not being here the next day because I, I don't know what I'd be able to do with myself. Wait, I go to a lot of foundations and a lot of like things I get invited to. And I remember one day we were invited to a trampoline park and all he was saying was, Joshua, Joshua, let's play Joshua, Joshua. And of course I was going to play with him. He's the cutest kid ever. And I just, I couldn't imagine a world without him. I couldn't imagine, I don't know, there's, we need more funding towards these things. Yeah, absolutely. And you are such a rock in building so much awareness. I think people, once they're made aware, then they're, they're, they can take action. You know, I think all kinds of actions that people can take, like you said, there's so much that they can do. And so many forums, you know, um, so that is so sweet of you to share that story that I'm learning so much through this journey that, you know, nobody chooses this. So why can we help people? Like if people may, some people may think, oh, I'm so lucky this doesn't impact us. And it angers me if I ever hear this. And it angers I, me too, because that's just, it's showing their selfishness is, oh, it's not happening to me. Well, the fact and the reality is it can happen to anyone. It can happen to any family. They, it's, it's not just, oh, thank Lord, it's not happening to me. Well, what, what would you do the next day if someone in your family got this? Like, it's, you have to think about the people that are going through it and not just think, oh, well, I'm not going through it. This isn't affecting me. So what does it matter? Mm -hmm. To be able to go through what you're going through, Josh, and at the same time, think about and caring for other people, we're talking about the capacity of what you have. And, and I so, I so appreciate this. And, you know, I, part of me, like I wrote down a list of questions, like I got to ask Josh, like every, every kid would be 
and I would, I want the world to know that as well. Like such as this is like a, such a drastic pivot. Like, do you, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Um, I like, oh God. I don't know. I like a lot of different ice cream flavors, but one of my favorite is probably cookies and, or cookie dough. Cookie dough? Oh, oh, you're, I you're, know. It's such a simple flavor, yet it, it's so good. I don't know. It's crazy. Wow. What's your, um, what's your, com- is that like a comfort food for you or like? Oh. I don't know. I don't, I don't really eat ice cream much. I don't really eat sugar much. I try to stay away from it as much as possible just because ever since, I don't know, before I got diagnosed, I was at my sister's softball game and I ended up eating like a lot of candy. And then like a week after that, I got diagnosed. So just in my head, it's like, what if I eat sugar and it spikes and it comes back? So I try to stay away from sugar as much as possible, but I still do eat it. And yes, it is a comfort food. I love ice cream. <laughs> it is delicious. And I actually, I work at Duncan. Uh, it's a Duncan and Baskin Robbins. So every now and then I still, I still get the urge to like, just want to take a little bit and just eat a little bit and just, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of hard to work around ice cream and not eat any of it. You work at Dunkin'? Yes. So my mom is a district manager for Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, we're currently in the process of finding a new location to open up a drive through only. And I don't know. I'm just, it's, it's crazy because it's the same platform as I get to also talk to people. Yes. And my mom's always like, my mom's <laughs> like, come on, you got customers. They got to move. I'm like, well, we're having an interesting conversation. <laughs> that wouldn't that be a fantastic podcast? I I know with like IP and all that, but I mean, can you imagine? First of all, Dunkin' Donuts does not, for as far as I know, does not have a podcast. No, and we I, don't. <laughs> we don't. And I always feel so transactional. Sorry, no diss to the brand. I, you good. know, uh, yeah, like it, it's so it's always been so transactional because you know near work wherever I'm going to see a client. You know, if I go, the line is there. People are so antsy, like everybody's anxious. You know? I don't know. I feel like the customers there, you get like three nice customers and then you get some that are super impatient. I'm just like, okay. I want, okay, I'm going to be nice. Of course, I'm a really nice person, but can you like tone it down just a little bit? A couple yeah. of notches. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> This is, you have to start that show. Doesn't matter. Actually, I would love to hear what people have to say. It could even be anonymous. Like, you don't Uh even have to share their names. Um, I don't know. I could just, I could put like a little microphone at the desk and be like, so how's how's your experience? (laughs) This is completely, like, you don't have to say your name, anything. It's completely confidential. What's your name? How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing, Josh. Tell, I know that I, you know, I can probably talk to you for hours and I, you know, it's hard to say I respect your time and all that, but I, I gotta dive in. Like uh, just, you're so, you're so, you got so much style, you know, you have, you have so much wisdom. What, what is your, what about music? And do you watch TV? Uh, what, what about music that sort of, you know, uh, and genre, what, what are you into? I like, I like, like, uh, I listen to a little bit of classical music just because there is some really good classical music. I listen to pop, country every now and then. And yeah, 
I don't know. I I tried listening to rock and roll once, and I feel like it's just too heavy metal for me. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want my eardrums being blown out from listening to that. Thank you, but I'll pass. Yeah, well, what are some of the musicians or, you know, um, current or past that you like? Oh, God. Uh, I can actually look up my Pandora real fast because I have a whole bunch of... Oh, okay. So one is Melanie Martinez. She makes amazing music and it's just kind of like, I like to listen to it at night because it's kind of, I don't know, makes you like kind of zone out, fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to listen to, oh, I also listen to a lot of rap. I like Eminem. I like to listen to like XX. I listen to a whole bunch of musicians like that. And mm. I don't know. It's really... So whatever comes on, it really depends on if I'm in the mood to listen to it. Because if I'm not, I'm instantly skipping the song. I'm like, I got to find something good. Yeah, yeah. How sweet. And um, do you watch much TV or... Uh, I video game. I play a lot of video games. But I do watch like TV shows on YouTube. I watch a lot of... um, There's a show where it's like overnight... It's how people go through overnight and they're in an ambulance and they're driving around and of course they're called on scene. And I watch shows like that because when I get older, I I really want to go back and work on in the medical field. I want to either be an oncologist or an RN. I really haven't decided yet, but I don't know, just to be able to go back and give to the community that has helped me so much would be absolutely amazing. That's that's a great area that I would love to dive into before we close interviews, which is like you're, you talk about being in a medical profession and I love hearing that, you know, Dr. BJ Miller, same thing, you know, had an accident um, and decided to become a palliative care doctor. And so, you know, oncologist and is that, so tell me more, tell me more about like, you're thinking about medical school or, or what types of um, oncologists you, you would like to be? So, Beatric. <laughs> uh, I have, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get into Andrew Jackson for high school because it is, it is a medical school and it is out of the way. It's super far from where I live, but my mom said, if that's truly what I want to do, then she would a hundred percent support me and she would either get a bus to bring me or she would make the drive. And I don't know, just, it's crazy because when I, if I do become an RN, I'm going to work with, I think I'm going to work back with cancer kids um, or just diagnose children because it would be, I I don't know, it'd be so nice to be able to go back because I've, I've gone through it. So I would just, whenever someone gets diagnosed, I always just want to be there and be like, Hey, I'm going through it. It's scary. It's, everything is you don't know what's gonna happen you don't understand anything it's it's such a crazy thing and you just got diagnosed and you're like oh what is this what is that you have so many questions on your mind and I would just love to be able to be there and support them and honestly talking about that I am I don't know it's either going to be an RN oncologist or a child life specialist because being able to work with children is something I really wanted to do because just seeing the smile on their face and making their days and it's so easy to make your days with the littlest things. That's why I've always wanted to be 
a babysitter, but of course with COVID, I, I really haven't been able to. And I don't know, just, there's something about kids that makes me so happy. And there's something about talking to people and making their days and making everything better is, it just warms my heart. Wow. I, you give me so many ideas. I'm thinking that, you know, what if we have enough kids as part of our projects and have you, you know, lead or facilitate a group and, and just participate, obviously we'll support you. Something along that line will be so powerful. Um, but it's so enjoyable to talk to you. I don't even want to end the conversation. My God, Nerissa, I was like, I, <laughs> I, I could spend days with you guys. I really, I really can. Well, anything I, I haven't asked you, I, um, I, by the way, I love oh, one part of our conversation too about decision-making process and absolutely making you part of that decision process as opposed to mom and dad making that for you. Um, it's so just incredible. Um, either that or anything I haven't asked you, but you're desperate to tell me, share with me. We can do that. Uh, so I guess I can say some of my favorite things. I mean, that works. Please. So as you can probably see, right behind my mom, I have a Friday of the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street. I have, I have an It poster right here. I have uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have Halloween. Like I, I love horror movies. Horror is one of my favorite like, genres of movies. And my mom's always like, how can you watch that? That's so like, she can't, Michael Myers, she's terrified of like, <laughs> we were watching um, Nightmare on Elm Street, like the really old one, the first one that ever came out in like 19 something. And my mom's like, okay. <laughs> and then we come home and Michael Myers is playing. She's like, mm -mm, someone's going to my room and turn that off right now. I'm not going in there. <laughs> <laughs> Too scary. <sighs> oh, now I have to go check them out. <laughs> and I might have to cry a little. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this new... Uh, movie coming out i took a photo of it i'm gonna you have to watch this because yeah. it's, it's by blumhouse it's the same movie we watched with in the tall grass which was a super good movie that she watched and i'm surprised she watched it it's it's by blumhouse same producers that made in the tall grass Maybe. so it's called um hold up i'm pulling it up it's called uh freaky and it premieres uh friday the 13th of november and it's about so the trailer shows it's about this girl and she's sort of an outcast in school and she talks about oh if there were, if this was ever a horror movie and it's funny she says it she goes if this was ever a horror movie I feel like I'd be the first one to get killed and then so the guy comes out and then apparently they ended up switching bodies so the killer is in her body now and she's in the killer's body <laughs> and it's just such a funny movie but yet it's still got its like seat holding moments to it and teeth clenching moments where you're like, where is he? What's going to happen next? But it's, it's still such a good movie. You're going to, you have to check out the trailer. I bet you would love it. I will check out the trailer. I even roll it down October 13th. It's coming up. So it's going to be a big day for you. Yes. I'm excited. Wow. So Amazing. Did you say October 13th, Friday, October 13th? Friday, the 13th of November. Oh, November. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, my yeah, goodness. So, so I just wanted to tell you, um, when we, when we have, um, the meeting with the doctor on Tuesday, 
it will, Josh will definitely, his input is going to make the biggest decision of them all because he is the one that's going through the cancer treatment. It's not us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll be honest with you. It hasn't all been peaches and cream the whole entire time. It's, it takes a toll on the family, um, marriage, the whole thing. And together we are strong and we're doing so well, but childhood cancer is, it's scary and it's, it's not fun (laughs) at all. Staying in the hospital, not knowing whether your child is going to be alive today or tomorrow, having moms that you met and have been so supportive to you. And then you become friends with them and their kids die. Um, It's very, very difficult. But I will tell you with all the foundations that are out there, it's so important that we have those foundations because everything that everything Josh attends, whether it's a podcast today or it's a news interview or J fund or dreams come true, um, leukemia lymphoma foundation, these foundations are keeping his head and other kids off of them going through treatment and the friendships that they do get it's friendships for life and same with the moms it's truly friendships for life but this is a hard thing and this is the hardest thing I've ever been through I'm very thankful that Josh is a strong kid but it is difficult sometimes so I thank you for talking to him today he was very happy speaking of friendships I'm just going to shout out my friend real quick Aiden Whenever you listen to this, Aiden, how you doing? Aiden Van Wingerden, I miss you. We got to hang out sometime. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. How sweet. And thank you, Josh. And thank you, Nerissa. It was such a wonderful, what you said it just means so much. And people really need to hear this and be able to support one another. And and what you said is absolutely true. You know, Josh, I, I can't wait to follow you and to see where you're going, where you're traveling next in the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And it's going to be so exciting for me to see that. I'm more excited about your journey than freaking November 13th. I, you know, <laughs> I really am. I, I Seriously, I am so excited. I'm going to be so excited looking at your journey, seeing your name popping up, seeing, and I know I, I've been a content creator for so long. I know the impact that will have on other people, even if they never, you'll never meet them in person, mo- most likely. Um, but it's just, it's incredible. I think there's a, almost a, I don't want to call it a privilege, but you, you're right, Narissa, these people are going to be friends for life. These people, adults and children going to be your friends for life, Josh, that you're not going to get some of these people from everywhere else. Like you said, those gossip girls and boys. No, those relationships are very, very different, you know, in the short and long term. (laughs) Yeah, they might. It's crazy because there might be that gossip group, but there's always, I mean, in their heads, they're like, oh, we're going to be friends forever. But in reality, it always changes. There's, There's always something that changes or there's some little thing that sparks something that is so drastic and so big that doesn't have to be and I mean that's that's just really how life is you Mm -hmm. family is forever but friends are not so you you have to be with the right crowd of people that you know are gonna be there by your side and you're gonna be by their side and that's that's just the way of life Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I got some good news for you too, because I heard that sometimes after going through such hardships as a young kid, everything seems to be, well, some things still seem very hard, but <laughs> there's things that seem a lot easier. I remember when I was talking to BJ, I said, oh my God, you went to a medical school after all of this. He's like, Faye, after you've gone through what I've gone through, medical school seems really easy. So I don't know, you might find medical school to be like a walk in the park. <laughs> sometimes that's something to look forward to. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Oh my God. I can, I can just hold you here forever, but I know you want to go to the zoo. Yes. Oh, I am. It's funny because my mom, every time, like almost every day, I'm like, we got to go to the pet store. And she's like, Oh God, what do you got to go to the pet store for? (laughs) And first place I go run to is the birds. Cause I don't know. Birds are so fascinating. You never, I, everyone always asks me like, or whenever the question comes up, it's, Oh, if you ever had a superpower, what ability would yours be? I'm like, oh, I would fly. A hundred percent. Because not only is it just like freedom, it's you get to go wherever you want. You get to fly. Yeah. You can fly to your medical school. Mom doesn't have to take the bus anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So easy, right? Just one ride. But you you mentioned birds. I was like, man, like Josh would do so well with like a love bird. Um, I want a bird so bad. I have been looking at the the birds that, the talking birds, I think it's a cockatoo, cockatoo, whatever it is, a parakeet. I don't know. But I've been looking at them and my mom's like, you're not getting any bird until you get out of this house because I don't want to hear that thing chattering everywhere. Well, I'm like, you have a cat and dog. I do. I do. I have a cat and a dog. And I actually, uh, I just got my dog a costume. So I, she's going to be a unicorn. And then I have my, um, my cat has dragon wings coming in today. And then she's going to be a dragon. So I'm like, we got two mythological creatures. And I don't know. It's... <laughs> My mom always thinks I'm crazy, so I'm always getting something for the cats and dogs. Oh, having animals in the house is amazing. What kind of um, dog or breed do you have? So she is a Rottweiler. And we're pretty sure she's a Roddy Pit mix because mm-hmm. she's, she's a rescue. But she's definitely not full Rottweiler because she's still got that, like, I don't know. She's kind of tiny, but, you know. But I still love her and she's my emotional support animal. So whenever I, I have those days, I feel super down. She is the first one to hop into bed with me. And she literally lays her head in my shoulders and she will just sleep with me throughout the whole day. Wow. And then uh, my cat is, oh God, I think, I think he's a Sphinx cat <laughs> or something like that. A, a tabby. She, she's he, he is also a rescue, but I don't know. I love them. I love them both. Wow. What are their names? We can give them a shout out too. So uh, Carly is my dog and Astro is my cat. And Astro, the name actually comes from um, the Jetsons. Even though he's not a dog, I just, I love that name. Wow. Yeah. And also, yeah, exactly. Nurse, you can send me, you can uh, text me some images too. We include as part of the podcast. It's <laughs> funny because... They, I never knew that like my dog would love cats so much and my cat would love dogs so much. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day I walked in and they're both just passed out. They're sleeping together. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And then um, this is that. This is her and her little. Oh wow, it's a little video too. 
Oh, wow. It's adorable. Hey, that's Dolphin. a unicorn outfit. Yes. Oh. Wow. She really, she just chilled out in it too. And she didn't even care. And then I bought her these little booties and she wears them like all the time. And she doesn't even care. My mo- my sister's like, I wish my dog was like that and wouldn't try to rip them off every 10 seconds. But uh, I don't know. I love oh, them so much. Carly got style. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what's going to happen to Halloween this year. I feel very awkward. I don't know if kids are actually going to walk up to the house or get some candy just in case. Oh. I mean, we have, there's this app that, what is it called? My house neighbors. Out. Neighbors. And it shows like what houses are passing out candy, what houses are decorated. And I'm just, I feel like I'm at the age where I don't, I don't really care about Halloween too much. I mean, I just, I just want the candy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't really care about the dress up. I just want the candy. <laughs> yeah, just just go to CVS. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, my mom just sent me some pictures. Oh, thank you. I got them. For the dog and the cat. Oh my god, these are the best photos. Oh, alrighty. So here's them hanging out together. Like they're like best friends. Yeah, and of course the cat is nursing all over the dog thinking it's for his mom so that was the funny like cleaning him up (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i i just walked in and i'm like am i interrupting something are y'all just like chilling out y'all having a conversation tell her about your cat's um motel oh god i have oh yeah i bought my cat this cat hotel and my mom still thinks i'm crazy because i spent like 25 bucks on it but he loves it. He sleeps in it like it's his little home. And he's the type of cat where he has to be like on a super tall thing to show his dominance. I swear he thinks he's a tiger because he's got tiger stripes. So he's always on something tall. Like you will come home and he will be on the tallest ledge and he just sits there and just sleeps. <laughs> and I'm like, um, yeah. I have fear of heights i don't know how you're doing that but i'm not coming up there if you get stuck nope no i'm calling the fire department (laughs) (laughs) yeah they are related species right so you you know yeah he's got it in him oh i'm so excited for your zoo trip coming up to nature animal it's just so relaxing i don't know i just i still don't know it's like it's like a little zen garden is what I think of it as. I mean, they have little, they they actually do have a Zen garden there. It's got a whole bunch of koi fish in it. And I, I don't know. That's one of my favorite spots to just chill out. Cause every now and then you get a butterfly that just like chills on Angie. you. And Angie was uh, one of my, uh, my friends who passed and she, her favorite animal was butterflies and she loved blue and purple. And every now and then, just if you really pay attention, they'll see like a blue or a purple butterfly fly by. And it's, it's just kind of like a sign of them saying, hi, like, um, thank you for thinking about me and stuff. And I don't know. Oh, I totally believe in that. I absolutely believe in that. I do. I, I truly do. Because uh, my mom went to go see a medium and uh, when my Nana passed away and she said that whenever you see a Rhode Island plate or a ship in a bottle, it's her saying hi. And we haven't seen a ship in a bottle in forever. And we were on vacation about, what, like a month ago? Like a month ago. And we found a ship in a bottle. And my dad goes, all right, we're buying it. 
for taking it home. That's it. That's a wrap, people. So that was the funniest thing. And um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I do believe in that stuff. Oh, we're very much alike. Absolutely. There's no question in my mind. And it's it just it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my dad's favorite number was 12, like the number 12, six and 12s. And then, you know, not only he kind of passed away at around noon, like, and in December, it was weird. That number has kind of followed us and like where, you know, it just completely unplanned. Right. And uh, so we've, we've been very, uh, not just with him and, you know, with a, a number of friends too. So it's such a, such an incredible feeling. Like we're always, we're, we've, we're always kind of in in it together, you know, and, and I truly believe it's just fascinating to me that I feel like you already know so much, Josh, you know so much that I don't know, that I don't have access to, that I, I'm trying to learn from you. And I did, I can't believe how much I learned from you in one hour. See, like when people are paying attention, instead of being on their phone or like, you know, it's just that this conversation that is something I'm never going to forget for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> crazy this is definitely a a conversation i will not forget either this this is absolutely crazy i never envisioned a day i would be on a podcast i mean i watch so many podcasts but i've never imagined a day i would actually be on one (laughs) 